Hello, and welcome to the I'll Try That podcast. I'm Matthew Barber. Joining me this week are, are Joseph Druitt. Say hello, Joe. Enchanté. And Richard Drabwell. Say hi, Rich. Hola. Thank you once again for joining us this week in our pursuit of happiness. We'll be talking about Red Stripe. Iconic beer. Jamaican lager. Taste sensation. Um, before we get into that, we have the small issue of a hot topic to cover, um, for which purposes I will be going over to my colleague, Joe. Joe, tell us. Thank you, Matthew. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, fun. So this week for the hot topic, I thought, you know, given it's time of recording it's near the end of November by the time of release it'll be early December I thought let's start getting into this Christmas spirit oh, or the holidays no, no. Oh, Christmas doesn't no. start until December by the time the listeners will hear this oh, it will fine. be December it's very pertinent ding, it's just right now ding dong merrily <laughs> fine oh sorry yeah no I, I tell you what boys this week I, I have started to feel a bit festive <laughs> so we're going to start talking about a new London Christmas beer market. All right, I can get on board with this. I know all I know all those words, but I've never heard them used in that combination in that order before. No, well, it makes more sense by the, if you hear who is making this. So, the team behind the London Craft Beer Festival are set to host a London Christmas beer market on the nineteenth and twentieth of November. So it's actually just ah, happened. It was this okay. weekend. <laughs> <laughs> the time of recording. We've missed it. Bugger. Okay, <laughs> early, then. <laughs> wait, wait. We'll, we'll write them a letter and say, guys, can you put it back? Because the episode isn't coming out for another couple of weeks. So now we've found out that it already has happened. I've just looked up the London beer, uh, Christmas beer market and it looked really good. The photos on Instagram <laughs> <laughs> that were tagged in. <laughs> what they were saying on Twitter. Did you say 29th of November? No, the, the 19th and the 20th of November. So it was Friday and Saturday, just gone. <laughs> I guess the whole point of it is, you know, we're going this time of year. Everyone's trying to do some level of Christmas-related thing, trying to, trying to do something that appeals to the holiday crowd, as we say. As we know, London becomes an epicentre, an influx of of tourists, of, of well-wishers, of people wanting to kind of experience or get into the holiday spirit. And, you know, especially, you know, with all the lights that goes up or go up around uh, Oxford Street and Leicester Square and, and all the different kind of craft and, and kind of Christmassy stalls and festivals that come up, the, you know, the craft, the London craft beer team are really trying to like tap into that market. So it was a two-day event that was held at a Truman Brewery on Brick Lane. So they're starting off right for a beer festival, starting off in a brewery, uh, and they had yeah. they featured more than a hundred beer and uh, sorry a hundred bars and stalls. So you know they invited, and this is what I'm quoting from their website here, uh, craft beer from more than fifty of the UK's finest independent breweries, including Gypsy Hill, Tiny Rebel, and Siren Craft Brew. So it does sound like something we definitely should have gone to, if I'm quite honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Next year, next year. Oh, I love Siren. It comes but once a year. It does seem like this is the first year that they've done it, so... Um... Yeah, why didn't we go? 
apparently the tickets for early birds were fifteen pounds. Yeah, Maybe it was a bit more on the day, but you know it was a, a day of festive fun in London for uh, for craft beer celebration. So yeah, definitely one for next year that we can raise awareness for and, and we can and do some work on and go to it ourselves. Maybe we could talk to some of those companies ahead of time and and uh, you know see if we can do a bit of a, a an interview or two whilst we're there. But yeah, I mean that sounds like fun, doesn't it? You know, a Christmas craft beer market. Yeah, cool. I'll get my Christmas jumper out as well. Actually, yes, yeah. uh, dust it off from last year. I do, I do have one. Despite my reputation as a bit of a Scrooge, I have got one. Ah, can't wait to wear my Christmas it. jumper. I mean, again. you guys had that aversion to me talking about a Christmas episode, a Christmas-related theme. Now, it was this weekend the Christmas one. That does seem a bit premature. That is right? a bit keen. That is a bit keen. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, that seems way it early. Be, I think post second week. Maybe from the tenth onwards of December. I, I mean, tenth is a little early for me. Well, you at least at least want it to be in the month of Christmas. You at least want it in the month of Christmas to go to like a festive market. But maybe the German Christmas markets have booked out everywhere. You know, because they are so popular in in, in London and most cities, oh, aren't they? Do you know? What? Yeah. Do you know, don't get me started though, because I have a I get got a little bit of a reputation as a Scrooge, right? And <laughs> someone last year, someone last year was talking to me about. So you um, said it was. It was like oh, um, it was like the uh, five days before Christmas. So it was about the twentieth. And someone goes, "Well, come on, man! This this is the fifth day of Christmas." No, it isn't. Nah. <laughs> Christmas Day is the first day of Christmas, and it goes on for twelve days after that. That's why you take your decorations down on the was it twelfth night. Uh, oh, just oh, don't. You're gonna. I'm gonna go on a whole uh, getting Christmas right tangent. Um, sorry, everyone. Really. Well, I think I think what, what when you're thinking Christmas markets. I mean, Rich and I, Rich might might know of this as well. Obviously, he does know of this. But the one that springs to mind for me is always the the Worcester, um, the Victorian market that happens around Christmas time. Actually, coming up in uh, early early December. But it's 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 a market where it. it Worcester's got like, this old heritage. It's obviously in a very old city since Roman times and before. But they've specifically chosen to make this Christmas market all about the Victorian era. So down Friar Street, which is one of the oldest streets in Worcester, just off the City Walls Road, which, you know, as you can imagine, is where the City Wall used to go around uh, Worcester. Um, and people dress up in Victorian garb and, you know, they roast chestnuts. Oh, that's cool. And, you know, yeah, it's all very, it. you know period of the time you know, you're walking down fire street with these old victorian buildings you know with thatched roofs and you've got all these like kind of chestnuts and and then you kind of emerge down this street into what do you emerge out into rich um well and uh like an awful theme park of sorts <laughs> like you know like those rides that you see from like you know if you ever seen the film final destination and there's the whole roller coaster scene sort of thing. It's just loads of rides like that that you think you're going to die on when you sit on them. Because they're just kind of wobbling and all that sort of stuff. But the merry-go-round's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. So it's got a bit for everything, I think is what we're yeah. saying. There was a Christmas basket. Even to the point where you can go on the waltz, you know, the ones where you sit, you, you sit in this like kind of like circular thing with a, a bar down which spins on a spinning axis and there's always that one guy running it who's like running around the middle bit and you're thinking you mad person what are you doing yeah <laughs> stink lack of and any health and safety get... yeah he's gonna get turned into pate one day isn't he but i like that it's it's a victorian market in, yeah in uh worcester though because that's like that's how most of us 
uh, well, most of our traditions and ideas about Christmas came about from um, stories written by Dickens, didn't didn't they? And it was about that time we actually started nicking all the um, all the actual traditions uh, off the Germans, who and, and it was Germany who who made most of Christmas celebrations. And, and well, I've, I've just said that most of the um, the big one is is Birmingham, isn't it? Uh, and it is called a German Christmas market because they they had this tradition for um, yeah don- donkey's years before we ever had them. There you go. We've got it. We're going to put it in the calendars. 25th of December, 2022, Christmas. Six weeks before that, apparently, <laughs> the Christmas uh, beer market in London. Um, however, to draw that section to a conclusion, we're now going to talk about Red Stripe, um, which obviously is, is a beer that we all keenly associate with Bristol, isn't it, Joe? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, it refers to itself as the Jamaican lager beer. And, you know, I... For all intents and purposes, it is through and through Jamaican, as far as I'm aware. I will talk a bit more about that, in, uh, you know, a bit later on. But for me, I think, and for you, Barbara, we know of Red Stripe through our time in uh, Bristol University, and you know, being university in Bristol, sorry, and uh, you know, experiencing all that Red Stripe has to offer as a uh, the can canned beer of choice in many of Bristol's, uh, you know drum and bass and dubstep scenes <laughs> <laughs> and street corners <laughs> toilets everywhere <laughs> like to, I'd like to also throw it out there the first time I tried Red Stripe was in Bristol with you two there you go so, so Red Stripe very much is yeah. a Bristol through and through theme I mean actually I think other than this podcast just now this episode the last time Red Stripe touched my lips was probably on Thecla which is the boat nightclub in, uh, in Bristol <laughs> Some many years ago. Once upon a time, you know, pre-smoking ban used to smell of smoke all the time. Now it just smells of wee. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a problem with the plumbing. I was thinking first time I tried this was when we went to go and see our old school friend Dom's band Peace. Um, in was it was it the local swimming pool? <laughs> I love that you've called it that. Um, that that was the University of Bristol Student Union, <laughs> was it? <laughs> It smelled like a swimming pool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's just, we were in some hellhole. <laughs> All intents and purposes. Yeah, we lived just out the road, at, you know, around yeah. Victoria Square, just just down the road from it. And yeah, that was good fun. Quite the hoi polloi of students, weren't we? Oh, that yeah. stage, because we'd both, we'd both worked for a year, so we were like going to go back to finish off studying, and we're like, oh, Clifton Village. Yeah. Uh, ironically sipping our red stripe. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, still, I still did the best parking I've ever done in my life outside your apartment, and I still think about it to this day, how well I parked in a parallel parking spot there. It was, a, it was a, a magical moment. It, it would be worthy of the Instagram account. Oh, 100%. Actually, if you still have yeah. a picture. <laughs> talk, uh, this isn't just going to be a reminisce of, of uh, times in Clifton Village. But do you remember when we came out, Barbara? It must have been like October. You know, you were going off to, to your job uh, at the local pub. And I think we were, oh, yeah. ba- uh, Bonnie and I were maybe just going off for a little bit of a day trip. And then we we're going to come meet you at the pub later. We walked out of our apartment building to snow. It was all snowy. And it was all yeah. snowy, and it was like a winter wonderland. And we're thinking, hang on, this is early October, what's going on? And lo and behold, there was a film crew that had been set up and had turned our <laughs> you know, streets into a winter wonderland, unbeknownst to us. So we just thought we were just having a, you know, a, an early, early winter time. Like a period drama as well, I think, wasn't it? Um... But anyway, we're digressing. Bristol, synonymous with Red Stripe, but let's really <laughs> unpack about Red Stripe. So, <laughs> to us, anyway. Yeah. What, do, um, what do we think of when we think of Red Stripe then? 
I did, as my usual, did a little bit of research. I say a little bit minimal. Um, into Red Stripe, and it was brewed by Denos Desnos. Really bad. <laughs> I'm awful at this. I've been saying Desnos. De- as Desnos well. and Geddes in Jamaica. Yeah. And it was first oh. introduced in 1928 from a recipe developed by Paul H. Geddes and Bill Martindale. Um, and is also brewed in the Netherlands by Heineken. Nice. Nice. Now, I'd like to jump in there on that fantastic fact, because you're right, it is a Jamaican beer. It's referred to as Jamaican lager beer, and we think of it as coming from Jamaica. However, that is not the case. It's not actually from Jamaica. So Red Stripe has always been made made to think of it's from Jamaica. It's originally by Desnos and Geddes at the Surrey Brewery on Peachon Street. So the recipe for Red Stripe was first produced in Illinois in the United States of America before it was eventually <laughs> sold to the brewery and bought to, and, and it was brought to Jamaica. Not that it really matters that the, the recipe came from, of course, but it, it's interesting to think that its origins can be traced back to the US itself. So we've been, we've been duped again. Was, was it Desperado that was meant to be? Yeah, it's ima- well, I think different re- Desperados was like a, you know, was was a manufactured beer, yeah. like the, you know, to be like a, a Mexican style. But you're right, actually, because this is basically the 1918 equivalent of Desperados, yeah. of creating a beer <laughs> to be all around a proposition of a country, whereas actually the recipe yeah. itself probably comes they're from just, somewhere else. They're just pulling the wool over our eyes. It's the... So actually, the one thing I found interesting about this is I read, I think as you just alluded to there, Joe, 1918 was when the um, Desnos and Geddes... Um, Brewing Company was founded. Uh, the first actual beer, the uh, bottle of um, Red Stripe was brewed, released, for want of a better word, in 1928. So in that period of 1918 to 1928, they actually probably went through an experience much like what uh, you're going through at the moment, Drabbers, in terms of just waiting to get, get the beer absolutely right. Um, either that or they were just uh, being quite lazy not doing anything. I imagine they were working. <laughs> working <laughs> you, know, you know, You know what? I've already 100% expected my beer is going to taste awful. And it's, the... <laughs> but it's fine. You've got a decade. If you can do it in a yeah, decade, yeah. you've got the recipe yeah. for success. Now, talking of that first beer that was created in 1928, Barbara, is there anything significant that you know of about that 1928 beer? Um, just that I think in the olden days that it was in a stubby bottle, wasn't it? You know, like the little... Um... It was a stubby bottle. That's what it's called, isn't it? I think Jamaica, than, this Jamaican red stripe is known for the stubby bottles. It's always it's referred to as bottle. But I was thinking more about the liquid. Does this ring a bell on anything you found out so far? So, <laughs> the 1928 liquid is nothing like the liquid that we have today. So actually, that first red stripe beer that was taken out was more like an ale. So it was very heavy, it was much darker than today's red stripe. And it wasn't until 1938 that the, the pale lager that we know as being this Jamaican lager beer came into existence. So if you want to go back to it on, on real things, it took two decades for them to get this popular <laughs> pale lager to exist. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, don't, don't feel rushed, mate. You've got, no, all right. you've got I've plenty got... of time. I really can't wait for when we get to try my, try my homebrew. <laughs> That's the only thing I'd say. It doesn't matter if, it's, if the taste isn't perfect right, right now, but you do need to get a good name that's going to stick with you um, at least for 80 years. <laughs> <laughs> now, talking of Red Stripe as, a, as the name, what do you, when you look at Red Stripe, what do you see when you're looking at Red Stripe? Oh. When I'm talking about like, the cans, talking about the bottles, talking about their branding, what do you, what do big you see? White, big red white stripe. can, gleaming red stripe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
And also there's the, the, the little bit of um, the black, the, 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 the DNG, the, the DNG, DNG is not one, yeah. Dodge and Gabbana. I think that must be Desnos and Geddes. Um, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it if Red Stripe was sponsored by Dolce and Gabbana. <laughs> or they did like a collaboration. Yeah. <laughs> they missed a trick there, I'd say. I'm so yeah, you're right. It, I think right. that must be it. But what are the colours? Well, I mean, obviously we've got red here. You've said about white, but it's, it's red, white and black. It's basically the colours of yeah. Red Stripe. You yeah. know, they use black type on a white background with red using those accent colours. It's very minimal, isn't it? As a, yeah. as a, as a brand goes. Uncomplicated, I would describe Uncomplicated, yeah. I love Compa- compared to Compared to some of the other cans we've had, and if you think back to like Tiny Rebel and Siren and all of that sort of stuff, their cans are just heavily... This, this is minimal to nothing. It's great. I really like it. We should have more minimal cans. It's great. It is also, and because it's it's simple and it's got to be close to what they had originally in that 1928 beer that first came out, that pale ale that they were first created, or was it 38, uh, when the pale ale actually came to existence. But it's, it's, it's really standout. The fact that it is this big white label on either the cans or the bottles with this red stripe going through. I mean, you know it from a mile away. If someone's drinking this and you can kind of see a bit of it in the distance, you know what this what they're drinking. Oh, yeah. Especially also because, as Barbara said, those stubby bottles that it comes in is synonymous with this, uh, with this brand. What I really enjoy when, when doing research to this, and you know how they... Um, the beers and stuff will sponsor sporting teams and everything like that and all the things along those lines. Can you... All right. Well, first thing is, can you guys name me the greatest, greatest sporting film ever made? <laughs> it's no, not no. that good, mate. Mate, it's not that good. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking Get about? Get out of It's quite possibly the greatest. It's not that good. It is. It's, yeah, I know. It was It was a classic. We were all there at the time when we were kids. Uh, we think it's funny. It's, it's maybe a little it bit funny. It was created by Disney, let's not forget, as well. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. John, it's a real shame. John Candy is, uh, has obviously since passed away, and he was a bit of an icon. The film itself... I mean, it was never going to win an Oscar. Was it? No, 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 no. But it's easy watching, and it's fun watching, and it's and it's you know, it's it's one of those ones. It's um, I actually I, I can't think of for my you know maybe uneducated mind of like how many other Jamaican films that really or films that really focus around Jamaican culture that we think of. You know, I don't know any other films that have done that, but yeah, Cool Runnings is what you're cool, referring to. Cool Runnings, but but what but what I like in fact even more that there was a Jamaican bobsled team in in real life. Which I think is based on and true facts, Barbara. Based on we love true, facts, a true, yeah. true underdog yeah. story. Um, and Red Stripe sponsored them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair play. Of course, yeah. of course, it does. Yeah. Look, could you imagine the marketing team of Red Stripe hearing that there was going to be a Jamaican bobsleigh team in real life? They're like, hold up, Wh- easy win. This yeah. is- well, that's it. A Jamaican bobsleigh team. So, um, what, they were in America, weren't they? That's where they were going to be competing. That's where it was, and and so the kind of you know obviously Jamaica. It was ex-British colony. You know, we, they've it's got independence years years ago, but it's got very close. To, it's in the Caribbean, so it was very close to uh, America. It's actually one of the only places in the Caribbean where Americans can come. Uh, to an, a country that's not owned by them or have real strong influence by them on their driving licenses. So you don't even need a passport to get into Jamaica if you're American. But I digress because they have very close ties, Jamaica, to the US. And of course, a natural next step for Jamaica, a Jamaican-based company was to sell their beer into another uh, the, another huge market like the States. However, 
In nine, the first time they ever tried to, to export Red Stripe into the US was in 1985, but these marketers got it completely wrong. They put the brand into, you know, at, at, for, for many, many years before this point, Red Stripe was loved by American tourists going to Jamaica and experiencing the Red Stripe brand. So they decided, the geniuses that they were, to instead of putting it in their iconic brown bottles and little stubbies, they put them into green standard 12, you know, US fluid ounces bottles, trying to be, you know, emulate that Heineken yeah. bottle, you know? So, oh, no. I mean, it just, it just massively backfired. Americans were like, what on earth is this? It's not the red stripe that I know when I go to Jamaica, and it's, and it's trying to emulate something else. So, you know, people were really put off by the fact that it wasn't, in its distinctive brown bottles. That tells you, tells you about the impact of having the, um, the packaging right, doesn't it, I suppose? But it took the, the marketers 20 years to, to, to change it. <laughs> so in the, US, in the US, it was awfully sold and didn't do well at all. It took them 20 years until it got to 20, 2005, where Red Stripe became, uh, you know, beer export volume exceeded the domestic volume and I, consumption for the first offer. ever yeah. time. <laughs> I, I like to look up the word stubborn yeah. in the dictionary. <laughs> I like to think they're all sitting in the marketing room going, we, we just don't get it. It's just not selling. We have no clue why. It sells really well here, but not over there. It will. <laughs> yeah. It will. Just persevere with it. Yeah. Have yeah. you asked consumers why they don't like this? No. No, I, I no, wouldn't no, ask no. them. Yeah. They don't know what they, they want. They wouldn't know. <laughs> I know better. I'm a marketer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very pleased oh, to say God. that most, most uh, modern marketing techniques and tools have very much changed that mindset. <laughs> um, well, we ought to maybe um, talk about the taste a little bit. though. No. Uh, no, I'm afraid I'm. <laughs> Who are you? You're, that's it, stubborn marketing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am not uh, sampling it from the um, iconic uh, little stubby brown bottle. I have got it uh, in can form uh, and a pint can, Ooh. obviously, to uh, appeal to the um, UK based consumers. Um, but what a pleasant, easygoing, sessionable beer, I would say. Um, a, a kick I mean a little kick at 4.7% 4, 4. but um, it's um, this as we alluded to earlier on this is for me what you're having you're going to a music festival you know party house party flat party um, with someone with improvised DJ decks <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah talking to a real amateur aren't we Joe <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, how well I'm talking about I, very much the student environment that that Joe was uh, mentioned earlier on um, with yeah just lots of these crammed in the fridge yeah um, with yeah just there's barely even anything else in there um, and lots of people gathering around and listening to questionable music. Um, well, yeah, it's it's similar. Sort of, it's just a very easy drinking beer. Um, I wouldn't say it's groundbreaking in its flavour. And it, I wouldn't say it's it's something that's hugely distinguishable from other lagers of a similar sort of brand, but I I do enjoy it, and I would buy it over other other lagers of of its sort. Um, yeah, it's quite a good point. I I do wonder if um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think of what what would be the other beers to to um, for for me to come unstuck on, but. I got the idea of if someone really actually like 
blindfolded me and put three lagers in front of me, one of which was red stripe, would I be able to pick it out? I, I, I think I think you guys are very sentimental to it because of Bristol and you have many fond memories attached to it, which which is which is great. Which I think which is really, really is 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 a is a nice way to enjoy an alcohol. It's probably like when we talk I've talked about beers that I've really enjoyed, but it's probably more a very sentimental attachment to them. I don't think it's anything special, but I think it's considerably better than a lot of other stuff budget not budget based lagers on the market. It would be like 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 non expensive. Nicer drabs. I think for me, it's it's. Uh, I'm affiliated with the brand in that I like the brand. I've got good memories of and recollections of when I've had this this product before. Liquid wise, it is a price price driven product. You know, it is probably one of the cheaper lagers out there. Um, you know, if you're in that way inclined, you know, you can go to off licenses and break up a four pack into singles and stuff. You know, I'm thinking it's. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have the best most prestigious. You know, uh, no, reputation yeah. when it comes to red stripe, but for students and alcoholics alike, it's perfect. So you know, no, I won't say that. I won't do that. <laughs> no, let me just do that last bit. But for students and for you know those who are driven by price, you know, it's it's got a good good flavour to it. I have to feel though that it's. Very, I'm drinking from one of the cans as well. I think this is actually their 440 mil can, and the fact that they have emblazoned on the bottom in their bottom red section serve ice cold is very fitting because you don't want a lukewarm or room temperature no. red stripe lager. Oh yeah, so actually here, sorry, the real tangent, I've just remembered where else I, I, I get red stripe and we have, um, I think there's a few in, in um, sort of this part of the world I think there is even a restaurant in, in, in Bristol that's the same. In Here in Cheltenham we have, and I think it's possibly the best place you can eat out in Cheltenham, is actually a Sri Lankan street food um, restaurant called the Coconut Tree, and I went there. Honestly, it was August, but I can't remember. It was just, it was just absolutely roasting hot one summer's day, and we were in there having um, Sri Lankan street food with pints of red stripe, and that was just a marriage made in heaven. Uh, I can't recommend it highly <laughs> enough, um, but it's because it's that kind of. Uh, yeah. I think it was a good word I used earlier on. Really, really suitable, uncomplicated. Um, light, refreshing. That's it. Yeah. Drinkable beer. Like I, I really enjoy Red Stripe. I, I, I find it unoffensive and drinkable. Very, very drinkable. And we, we think of Red Stripe as being this standalone Jamaican lager. Um, I'm looking at their US Instagram, and and they have released. You guys might shudder at this, but they've released three new flavors that are in a bottle that looks like the Corona bottles. They've released a sorrel red stripe, a melon, and a lemon red stripe as well. <laughs> What's sorrel? What sorrel? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm disgusted by it, but whatever it is. I, 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 that's, sorrel's one of those things where I know what it is, but I can't explain it. All I can tell you is it's very red cherry-looking almost in the uh, in the bottle liquid. So, yeah, they've chosen the bottles that are, like, transparent so you can see through them and the different colours. So the sorrel one is quite is more, more, is very red, very cherry-looking colour. The melon is, is kind of part of a, you know, more ambery, kind of darker amber colour. And then the lemon is the lightest of the, of the colours. But, yeah, they don't look... I mean, they'd be interesting. I, I'd be obviously it's trying to hit into a different type of drinker. You know, the kind of the lighter, the more kind of maybe the fan of flavored beers. Um, I've noticed they also have a, a red stripe light as well, which I don't think has made its way to the UK. But this could be, you know, they're opposite. They're they're trying to have a low calorie version of their beer as well. 
Just, 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 just quickly. How are they spelling Sorrel? Uh, I think it's S O double R E L, and I'm con- concerned I've got it the wrong way around now. But I always thought that Sorrel was like a almost like spinach, like a very fibrous. Um, plant, yeah. Well, that's because because um, I've just googled sorrel because I had no clue what it was, and it looks like spinach. And if they've now, if if red stripe and spinach, yeah. you spinach did not think beer, you did not think. <laughs> yeah, that is weird, <laughs> yeah. especially because the color, the, the color through the the liquid color looks quite cherry esque. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm already there. I'm not there for it. Is that, is that, <laughs> um, I, I think it's high in iron. And I don't know if that's... Maybe that's a good reason for it to make a cherry sort of colour. Question. But would you ever try a soul-flavoured lager beer? <laughs> it doesn't sound appetising. <laughs> I, I mean, we did... In fairness, we did, we did sort of go... With the, the lemon one, we went, eh, OK, fair enough. We all did kind of go... Sorrel? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just I've clicked on the, on one of their Instagram pages where it says um, it's welcoming. Discontinued. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sold out. Yeah. No, it says which one are you picking? And everyone's going lemon, lemon, yeah. lemon. Is <laughs> <laughs> that one? But sorrel. Yay, yeah. Sorrel. Because <laughs> nobody wants a spinach-based beer. This. <laughs> we're we're not Popeye. Well, well, let's face it, we've talked about how brave, let's say, the marketers at Red Stripe can be throughout their history. Let's see if the sole version works. And then coming, I don't want to get anyone too excited, but in 2022, there's rumours, rumours of a Red Stripe turnip rain. (laughs) (laughs) That's the one I think particularly less palatable than sole. In collaboration with British farmers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that. I haven't... I haven't... I cannot remember a time I've eaten sour. I can't... So I don't think I've ever eaten it. might be wonderful. It might be... might be really nice. <laughs> in beer. But you're right. It's, it's, that's kind of like if your mum had to, like, make a beer for you, what's she going <laughs> to give you? <laughs> you got to get your greens in. <laughs> yeah. No. Once, was it was it a sorrel beer a day keeps the doctor away? There you <laughs> go, exactly. So talking of Instagram, uh, Red Stripe on Instagram have uh, 50k followers. And on Twitter, they I'm have... All from Bristol. All from Bristol. Uh, no, it's, it's quite big in the US. And obviously, it's the national drink of Jamaica. It actually is sold and enjoyed in Jamaica quite substantially. So, you know, as a, you know 2005 was the first time where the US market outsold... The, the Jamaican market for consumption of red stripe. So this is a this is a big big deal. This beer is a big deal in Jamaica. We're fairly convinced though that Bristol still consumes more than the US. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I used I'm sure I used to if it was a rush to get ready for a night out. I think I used to drink it in the shower. <laughs> Four as well. You know, I'm there for the Hot shower, shower beer. cold red yeah, stripe. It was the... yeah, magnificent. And that's all we have time for in this week's episode of the I'll Try That podcast. And so from me, Joe, Rich, Barber, and Simo, goodbye. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, I'll Try That Podcast.com, and watch us on YouTube. Goodbye now. <laughs>